Welcome to my podcast, Leah's Field Notes, with me, Leah. Yes, that's me. Today's podcast is number dos, and we're going to be talking about university education. Um, I don't know why I said education. My experience studying abroad at Bauhaus in Germany, and also just like how and why I picked graphic design, because all throughout high school, I was dead set on going to business school. I thought Having the highest grades was all that mattered in life because I'm sure for many immigrant children, that's what your parents strive for you to accomplish. I don't think my mom was too intense, but I'd say I got pretty good grades growing up. And I remember once when I came home with a 94 on my Chinese school test, which was hard. Okay, Chinese school is hard in Vancouver, in Burlington, Toronto, it was chill, but I gave the exam to my grandpa I was like so excited about and he was like, where did the other six marks go? And I was like, seven-year-old Leah was never the same ever again. I feel like that was just a point where I was like, holy fuck, like I gotta get close to a hundred. Like, I mean, my high school average was not a hundred, but I think that sets a good undertone for what marks felt like to me. Like growing up, there's never like, oh, you need to be pretty or you need to be, um, I don't know, funny or I'm sure like you want your kids to be kind. I mean, I grew up a lot of my time going to church. So I feel like that is something that they instill into you. Um, and I just decided business was a thing because everyone else seemed to go and want to be either engineering or business. And I didn't really know what engineers did. I didn't really, I mean, I like sciences. I took sciences and math and I really enjoyed it, but I sucked at doing science experiments. Like when you have to be very, very exact and very patient with your results. I was so bad at that, but I was good at like getting the concepts, memorizing, whatever. Um, And I always loved art. Like I loved drawing growing up. I think that was something that I always liked to do. And growing up as an only child, like I spent so much of my time just like making random crafts out of toilet paper rolls, out of cereal boxes, just anything I could find around my house. Because most of the time, my mom who raised me by herself was alone and at work. So, you know, I got my own activities going on. But yeah, so going through a high school, I just like tried to join all the clubs that interested me, being the chair of certain clubs or just like really being involved, getting good grades and basically like building up this juicy resume portfolio of extracurriculars and good grades that would get me into like the best business schools in Canada. So going to grade 12, that's everything I apply for. And then In the fall, I actually met up with an old family friend who had just graduated from this design program called York Sheridan Design. And she told me that she's working at a consulting agency, but she was doing like all the creative stuff. And I thought I was like, oh, I want to do marketing because that's like the creative side of business. I mean, me now, look, I'm, I'm, I've wisened up. I know that's a lot of statistics and research. It's not the type of creative the work that I had thought when I was in high school. But basically, hearing about her experience, I was like, okay, cool. So like, you still get to make things, but it's a part of a business and growing a business. I don't know why I was into business. I think I just wanted to make money because it felt like money was what would bring me happiness or 
validation. I don't know what went on in my high school brain, honestly, looking back now, but um, I just decided to apply for it on a whim. I did take photography in grade 11 and 12, which got me into grade 12 art class. And I mean, I did try taking art class in grade nine, but I ended up dropping it because the assignments were so stupid. The first assignment was like, draw your name. So I literally drew, had to drew like la, lei, uh. So I drew like a Hawaiian lei and then someone at the dentist going like, ah, and I was like, is this art really? Is this art class? I'm dropping now. I'm switching, just taking music instead of doing music at lunch and art at like four or five, fifth period. I just dropped art and then did music so I could have my lunch free um, or my lunch times free to do whatever. And basically, how application processes went, I got into all the business schools I applied for. But when it came around to doing my application for design school, we had to go in for a portfolio interview. And I had like some photography shoots that I had planned out. And I had like creative process and research for those shoots, which was good. I think that helped me a lot. I had sketches and all these drawings that I'd done in art classes prior. And well, basically my professor, who's one of the lecturers at Sheridan College, he accepted me on the spot after looking at my portfolio and he was like honestly your portfolio was like out of 100 maybe it's like a 70 but because this program we accept people weighing their average and their portfolio out of 100 like your average is so high that you would be like pretty much automatically accepted so (laughs) long story short I rode into design school on my business school grades so yeah I'm really sorry for everyone who's asking me about tips for portfolio I have no freaking idea like even now I've seen some questions asking if I regretted going to design school. I don't because I had really good experiences with the friends that I made. And honestly, it was worth that one year in Germany. Bauhaus was so amazing, so eye-opening. And it really shifted the type of person that I am um, in terms of like accepting how life is, learning to enjoy time alone, being, I don't know, like optimistic, but also realistic I'll get more into that later, but um, talking about portfolio, like, look, now I really want to do something that's more studio arts, like more hands-on, tactile, because that's what I really enjoyed doing as a kid, and what I later discovered in Germany that was what I really liked, but, like, I mean, I think a dream would be, like, to go to school for illustration or for studio arts, but even now, I'm like, bro, I don't know like if I have a portfolio that will allow me to go into one of those programs even at a bachelor level because I just know nothing about that so very sorry for you guys asking about those questions um some people ask like what did I study when I was in graphic design like what is graphic design so starting from the basics because honestly I went in not even knowing how to use illustrator the only adobe program I knew how to use was photoshop from photography class and uh, my dear friend Jay I remember him teaching me how to use the pen tool because I was like how do people make drawings into like graphics like how does that happen like my brain just did not compute so that gives a good idea of like how little I knew about art programs or just like art and design in general like people have pitched me architecture like oh maybe you should do architecture like you get good grades and I was like no I can't do architecture because what if my math isn't good enough and the building I make crumbles and now later on like in life I'm realizing 
now that I have architecture friends, they're like, we don't do any math. Like, I got a 70 in math. And I was like, bitch, the foot, like, I got 100 on my math exam. I could have done, I was like, what? Well, actually, I did drop calculus and vectors because I got in, I got accepted in the spot in like February or March to design school. And I literally walked into my math teacher on the Monday and I was like, I'm dropping this class. And he was like, oh. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I walked out because I did not want to be in that class. I didn't understand what vectors was. My dad explained it to me afterwards and he was like, it's this. And I was like, oh, why didn't they just explain it like that? Like, I don't understand. Sometimes school just makes you feel dumb sometimes. Like the school system isn't designed for everyone and the way they teach is very linear. So even if there's multiple ways to learn something, they only teach it one set way. So it's like, if you're not any other way of learning or preferences, it doesn't really suit you. And I think that applies to art and design school as well, because looking at my program, York and Sheridan, it's a joint degree. They're not joint anymore. They separated. So um, it's just York University design program and Sheridan College's design program. But uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I'm so sorry. This podcast is very all over the place oh yeah like comparing teaching styles for design york university and i guess a lot of like north american schools are way more commercially oriented so you're going to be doing branding and designs more as like a service to others a service to businesses to people who are looking for a logo looking for the best fintech app i don't know like there, it's not really like the designer as the author as in like the designer as the artist, author as in someone who writes the story, the narrative. So the designer um, in North America feels more like um, just like another workhorse. <laughs> Sorry. And in at Bauhaus, the way they taught us really was very like experimental. They really wanted us to push and do visual visual exploration in a way that was like researched almost like legitimized I don't know if that's like a very German thing but I really enjoyed that and I think their projects were super open-ended like to give you an example so at York um uh some of the later in the beginning the classes are fundamentals so there's like typography like learning about letter forms like the different types of fonts like how um like you differentiate them, pairing them, hierarchy, how to size them. Like what does the eye go towards first? Like is this poster like really messy or like basically just like teaching you how to make something legible. All these rules. You learn about infographics, which is organizing data visually. You learn to do um, communication design, which was kind of about posters. And we had to pick like a issue that we were – um passionate about to advocate for what else was there uh oh interactivity which is getting more and more popular now like digital design is very popular so we learned basic html css to code websites and then later on more just learning to use prototyping tools like sketch um figma what did i uh principle i use that to animate there's also like protopie all these other things that allow you to make um an app that looks like it's functioning and like has all these cool motion animations but obviously you don't have to code the back end or all this shit like it's the design part of it and 
Um, those were all really fun and interesting. Like, I'm glad I got to learn all of that. And then later on in the years, the classes kind of like focus in more. So there's like um, more packaging design, book design, editorial, which is like magazine design. And then the digital ones, there's like uh, more advanced levels of infographic design. There's um, per, like speculative interfaces, prototyping, like more product design, like user experience and and user interface design. So user experience UX design is how like what is this user going to be going through the pathway that they're going through their experience while using this app or like website or whatever digital product this could be could be like an apple watch the user interface is more about like the aesthetics the color palettes how is this interface going to look so that's the a very brief difference of UX, UI. And a lot of people in my program, like they're encouraged to specialize. So go into more print or go into more digital. And I couldn't choose because I I like both. Like I like the very logical, rational side of UX design. I like doing user interviews. I like drafting like our procedure and like analyzing the research, finding solutions to these like issues that we're supposed to solve with technology. Although I did really hate come to hate this idea that like design can fix anything. Like you kind of go in being taught this very idealistic version of design but the reality is like whatever you create and put into this world will have its positive effects just as it will have its negative effects like if you watch social dilemma for example so i think saying that like oh this like design what i do is gonna change people's lives is like i think is a bit far out like i think you that it's a really dangerous mindset to have because i think you're not you're not as much of a strong designer if you're not prepared for all the faults and pain points and problems that could arise from your creation if you're too much of an optimist so <laughs> actually talking about that i think design school made me more of a critic than i was before <laughs> in myself and other people cuz the style of our classes it's not like a lecture based um learning style it's not like you write your exams you hand in your papers and that's it like every single week you show up and everyone's work gets put on the table or stuck on the wall and everyone stands around it and you're told to critique it like you have to basically pick it apart <laughs> tear it apart pick it apart whatever you want to call it like there's been people who cried at their critiques honey and you do have to learn to have a thick skin and at the, like in the beginning years i think it's important to listen to your teacher because the fundamentals that they teach are important once you get these done down pat um, like when I went to Bauhaus, I think the teachers there really taught me how to break out of the box of rules that I was taught and to think beyond that. Like we at one point we had to do these like movie posters based off of like um, visual research we made out of like a substance that we'd never used like it before in our practice. And this guy made us a really cool poster and the teacher was like like all of us thought that it would be the best poster okay all of us silly exchange students but our prof what's his name marcus i forget his name but he runs a design agency in frankfurt i believe but he was like yeah this poster like it looks like a film poster that you could see in theaters now 
which is like in North American type school, it's like, that's great. Like that is employable. And he's like, I want you to like reimagine what a film poster could be, you know? Like I want you to make something that pushes beyond what our current perception of a film poster is. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, bitch, what? <laughs> like, me and my friend Riley, who went on exchange from York and Sheridan, we were, like, mind fucked the first semester <laughs> at Bauhaus because we just did not understand how anything went. Like, at York, you get these rubrics that are like, okay, week one, you're going to start doing research, like, packed analysis. Week two, you're going to be doing all these things. Week three, you're going to start prototyping your, like, your low-fidelity wi- low wireframes, mid-fidelity, like, everything is so set out very rigid don't hand in things on time bam bam docking your marks like sorry ma'am and then at Bauhaus it's like okay everyone this week I want you to choose a like a material that you have never ever worked before it has to be a tactile like um, a physical material it cannot be digital and you have to try to make ways to make it evolve it make it malleable or just like do shit to it and like create abstract pictures and then bring it back to us and like for us we were terrified me and riley were like what the hell like what is this graphic design like what a hit is this like i think at ocad like other um more art schools that a lot of people can um start their foundational year or their first year as a foundational year like they learn a bit of everything they do a bit of design they do a bit of drawing they do a bit of painting and honestly oh my god i wish i did that like i wish i went to ocad and i don't want to say i wish i went to ocad it's not true i mean graphic design program wise i think york sheridan has a way stronger more robust more credible employable better connected graphic design program but for me someone who's like realizing now that i wish i did more fine arts because my favorite classes some of my favorite classes in my past five years or four years at um, York Sheridan were fine arts classes. Like, I love my life drawing class. I love my ceramics class. I love my screen printing class. Like, all these courses that were really open-ended and I could just draw whatever I wanted. Like, my homework was to go home and draw. Like, I was like, what? Like, this is fucking awesome. So, for people who are like, do I need to draw to do graphic design? Like, not necessarily you don't. You can make really cool designs just using, like, abstract shapes and you don't have to be, like, the best artiste. But also, you don't really need that to go into, like, an illustration or, like, painting or any of that. Like, I think it's really important that we don't use realism as a gauge of people's artistic abilities. Like, for me, if someone's like, I can draw this perfectly, I can draw this vase, this person exactly like how they look in real life, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not interested personally because I can just use my eyeballs and see what it looks like. Like, I want to see people recreate the world, the objects, their experiences in through their own eyes, through their own lens. And I think that only develops through your own exploration. Like, some people's styles are more dark. Some people's styles are more, like, cute with a bit of dark. Like, there's Like, it's all a reflection of yourself. And I think the sad part about me going into, or not going into, but taking these, like, arts classes with these, like, Chinese art teachers on the weekends is all I was taught was to draw things very realistically. And I think, like, I was really good at it. But after a while of, like, drawing shoes and circles and people and shit, you're like, okay, that's 
simply enough. I do not give a frick anymore. So I think that's why a lot of my interests got lost in art. And it was only from more recent discoveries of painters and illustrators that I was like, oh my god, like this is a real job, like what a hell that I realized I was like, okay, I don't think I want to do graphic design. And I got the question that was like, um, would you ever see yourself doing graphic design job nine to five now? Oh, from Annie. Hello, Annie. She's from Montreal. And I actually bumped into her at a Sage pop-up last summer when I was interning in Montreal. So I interned at Studio Baya because I visited them in second year. Every year we do excuse me every year we do a design tour in a different city so like my recent vlog not recent but like the vlog from february in new york city was with my school and we went to see some pretty awesome design agencies like um zero studios pentagram with like paula share and like georgia loopy and all these like like celebrity designers like imagine just like the best of the best in whatever industry you do all came together and created this like powerhouse company that's basically what pentagram is for designers graphic designers um but (laughs) funny enough like that was the one that was most hyped to visit and it was also the most unrewarding visit like the presenter was one of um paula shares like what are they called associates like basically who designs for her or under her and one of the things they're talking about was like do associates ever or the question was do associates ever become one of like the um designers at pentagram and they're like no actually they don't hire the associates because they like to hire people who started their own design firms do you know what i mean like because associates are more people who are executing carrying out the vision of this like superstar designer and like then your taste is always going to be very much falling under your upper, like the person that you're, your boss, you're serving. And that's kind of like how it is in design school. Like I think going to Bauhaus, because the teachers there don't, they don't try to like mark you based off of their tastes per se. Um they really respect everyone's different styles. And I think the really cool part of going to the classes there were that there were like architects in my design program or in some design classes I took. Like not everyone was necessarily in design, some were photographers. And like, so you see how different people interpret the assignment and the um, outcome is very, very, varied. <laughs> it's just extremely different. And I think um, from... A Western design or like from someone who went to school in North America, a more rigid design program or commercial one, you might look and be like, oh, some of these are so bad. But I think that's just from a more commercial capitalist perspective. If you're saying like what's going to sell, what's not, because sometimes like people who are not trained in design or in art, um, I think they have the most genuine, pure form of expression. Like when you look at children's paintings, drawings, like this is things that they've created without realizing what society deems as beautiful and ugly and i think that is like the peak point of art (laughs) in my opinion i'm sure many of you will disagree but 
um, like movements like Cobra. I love that. I drew a lot of inspiration from them for my final year thesis. Like my final year thesis was basically originally like, how does one find their own design style? And I was like looking at like films, different artists and drawing a lot of like inspiration from like what interests me in this world. Like it was such a mod podge of different shit, my presentation, but I had an awesome professor, um, Paul. Oh my God, did I just forget Paul's last name? Paul, oh my God. Wait, what? What's Paul's last name? Oh, that's so embarrassing. But he's very, very much a well-known designer in Canada. Also, he has like a lot of friends in the States as well. Um, He was like recently working on something OVO like for Drake. I don't even know. Um, But yeah, he's just an all around cool Aries dude. I remember seeing him at my portfolio day and I was like, holy fuck, that guy looks so scary. I hope I do not get him in because my interview were. And wow, is that so sad because he was the prof that like I didn't have him until my, my last year. And I was like, yo, you're like literally my favorite prof. We vibe so well. And I find that a lot with Aries for some reason. Like they have a very like stone cold facade, but I always end up getting along so well with them. But it's kind of the thing where it's like, I feel like Aries are the people, they choose who they want to be friends with, you know? And then when they decide they want to be friends with you, you just like see this whole other like warm side of them. And it's super awesome i love my aries out there if you're an aries bitch i love you actually i love every all the signs but yeah aries definitely have a special plus um what was i talking about oh yeah my thesis so i started off with being like how do these people create their develop their own styles like i was found Braulio motto is like super inspired by him like all these designers who have created their own style that's like so recognizable and so themselves Um, And then I realized, I was like, because these people, like, they've been through shit, like, they've experienced shit, they followed their passions, their interests, and all of their life experiences made them who they are and in turn influenced their design styles. And I think that's, like, a question where people ask, like, who are your inspirations, this, that, and I'm like... I like I don't know if that's helpful in helping you guys find your inspiration like I think you should just read more follow your interests and don't fall into too much like an algorithm based like uh, Instagram or YouTube or whatever you use for or Pinterest that's like recommending you shit or Behance Irina I don't know Irina doesn't recommend Irina's good um (laughs) but anything that's just like trying to recommend you more things that are similar to what you like I would avoid those like instead just walk into a library like pull out random books get lost in there and you will find some really interesting shit like interesting subjects that you didn't even know about I think that's the best way to find inspiration like by finding new information and new experiences whether that's studying abroad or like using apps to meet people that you would never meet before like not dating apps necessarily that's like a whole other podcast my friends (laughs) but yeah so (laughs) my thesis ended up being um like who am I like I (laughs) my prof was like you should name it the quest for self and I was like (laughs) cheesy but i love it so that's what i did my thesis was basically called quest for self and instead of doing one large culminating project i wanted to give myself mini projects like all these things that that i felt super interested by like whether it's tattooing or painting or 
baking, bread sculptures, like these are all things that um, spawned kind of from my exploratory thesis because your workshop or thesis class is one year long. And the first semester was like all the research, visual research, writing research reports, your intents. And then the second semester was executing everything like Mishu Bear also came out of that. The Mishu Bear stickers because I was like, I want, I love illustration. Like I, I like this cute stuff too. And I want to explore that. But before I might have felt like a shame to something ringing oh someone sent me a notification it's on my bed okay um but I felt like I wasn't necessarily like embracing that side of me where I was like oh my god I love these cutesy shit because I was like oh that's probably like so Asian or whatever like I think those are concerns I had when I was in high school because I went to a very very white high school guys and I don't think I was this like myself in high school I definitely was like a bit more quiet um uh, I I wasn't like unconfident either I like there's the popular girls, but I kind of looked at them like y'all are stupid. Like y'all are actually dumb, <laughs> which is not very nice. But yo, they're not nice either. They were so mean, and um, yeah, just like never really wanted to be them because they were just just fucking mean and not cool to be like that. I don't even know what to say. And then had classes with some of them and some of the answers, some of the questions they'd be asking, I'm just like, what is in your noggin? Is there anything in it? I don't know. But they were just so extra. And I remember they would like try to bully people, provoke people. And anyways, not my cup of tea. So if you are dealing with people like that in your school, your high school or in your environment, like just don't even engage with them like it's not worth your brain real estate to be bothered by this type of people like you will end up creating your own environment your own type of family and friends that you want to be around so yeah create that for yourself don't let those people get you down um is design school hard and also was it worth it yeah i think there were definitely times that was hard it was a big course load i think anyone that's doing art school architecture school like things where you are making stuff where it can feel more personal like it's coming out of you i think you really become more attached to it and you will work harder at it like someone's like okay make a book it's like okay you could spend five hours designing a book or you could spend 50 hours designing this book so it really depends on your personality and like I don't want to say I made it hard for myself, but sometimes I think I was just a bit too um, much of a perfectionist <laughs> and that kind of bit me in the butt. Like in my last year when I was doing my final like interactivity class where I was um, redesigning the Wealth Simple Trade like stock trading app because I just got randomly very interested in stock trading and I was like looking through all these apps I found I was like oh there's like so unapproachable all these issues with it like why are there less women trading than men because also women don't really talk about money and finance as much that's also a whole nother podcast but I was like I want to create something that's more empowering for women people of color people who do not have like parents who are investing in stocks and like teaching them how to invest in all this shit so I decided to redo the Well Simple Trade app. And because I was like so morally, like not, yeah, I guess like I was just really feeling this project, okay? I cared a shit ton about it. And then my prof was kind of like, I know he meant well, but he was always like, oh, I know some people who work at Well Simple because Well Simple is in Toronto. And he's like, you know what? Like, 
you like want to, you know, pitch it to them. You want to work there or something after graduation. I was like, <clears throat> like, I felt in my final year very pulled because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I wasn't doing YouTube then, as you, some of you may know if you've been following me for a long time. I only started posting weekly YouTube videos in the summer, like July. Like, I had posted sporadically before, but it was never like, this is my career. It's just like, I just want to share stuff. And like, it was really fun to interact with people. And also, I met some viewers while I was in Germany and like while I was traveling France, Portugal and it was just like honestly so cool to meet you guys and hang out with you you guys are honestly so awesome like I'm not kidding when I say I would actually would be die if I could meet all of you guys that would be amazing I don't know how it's gonna happen but you know I still got a lot of years to live on this planet and I do plan on traveling a lot and you know opening my own cafe and bed and breakfast in the future so I'm sure for those of you who want to come hang out with me I would love to hang out with you too and I know our past and life will meet okay like I'm gonna be creating them circumstances so yeah um <laughs> Okay, what was the experience? Do you think it helped with job future plans? Did sitting in graphic design make you a bit tired of it? Um, yeah, sometimes, yes. I think now, um, oh, what was I, okay, yeah. So the pressure of feeling like I needed to get a job in design was pretty intense near, nearing the end of school, um, and it actually like the pressure from that kind of fucked up my well simple app because at one point like my anxiety was like all time high and I could not even like work on this project for like three weeks I did not hand in anything to my teacher like I just basically ghosted him and he's such a sweet person like he's very strict but he's like really supportive and like was always really encouraging to me um but yeah like I think I just got in my own head and it was also winter I was like living in the co-op house but I wasn't like really leaving my room I hadn't gone to know all my housemates very well yet so I was like just super isolated in my like quiet dark-ish foggy room and I was just like not leaving my room I only went to class like maybe once or twice a week and yeah, I think it's because I just put like way too much pressure and expectation to it because I was like, oh my god, like I feel like now I need to like make this the best app ever so I can get a job at Well Simple straight out of the gate, get that financial f fintech startup shmoney. <laughs> like I was really concerned about that and then I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, I went to visit Andrew in Montreal because I was like, I can't take it anymore. Like I just booked the bus for the next day. I came over spend time with him and we just like went to ca a cafe and I started like working a bit more on the project this was not was it this year no it was like last year fall like December November time I think yeah um <laughs> like before COVID obviously and like little by little just like making myself look at the project a bit more tweak it a bit more um, I got back on the horse and I finished my project, everything on time. Actually, like my finance deliverable was one week early. Can you believe it or not? Like the way he um, like segmented each part of our app, the deliverables was so weird. Like he wanted our high fidelity, like our final um, designed frames of our app, like 
really early on, which was giving me so much stress because I always feel like I can't hand in something unless it's like perfect or to my level of like what I feel like is acceptable. So that's why I held it off for so long. But I realized a lot of people just handed in what they had and they got marked on it. But silly old me didn't hand in nothing, got a fucking zero or whatever. Like I just got very much docked. So in my final grade, I did not get an A in the class. It wasn't even bad. I got a B plus. So like don't even cry for me. I hope like if uh, the the Asian kids will understand. But um, yeah, I don't even like me looking back at Leah then I'm just like, bro, what are you even stressing about? Like, shut up. Like, you're not even gonna think or remember about any of these experiences later on in your life. Like, they are not shit. Like, it's gonna feel stressful then. But later on, it's gonna be fine. And what happened? What changed? I think COVID, like quarantine, being stuck alone, spring coming in, the light coming into my room more, casting shadows through the branches, like all these beautiful things, seeing new types of flowers blooming every week, I'd go out for a walk. Like, I think just spring coming back was what really lifted my mood, seeing all these flowers and Baking again, baking, oh, making challah bread. I finished my draft of the illustrated challah recipe today. I'm sure some of you guys will be very happy because I've been talking about that for a while. And yeah, I finally got around to doing that. So to any of you who have projects that you've been holding back and feeling um, worried about, or maybe you just like hyped yourself up too much that you are a bit anxious to start it because you've set high expectations, um, don't be too hard on yourself. Just start. Starting's the hardest part. Just say you're going to touch it for five minutes. Like you're just going to look at your old sketch, your old draft or something like that, you know? Like don't put that much pressure on yourself, guys. It's going to be okay. Like it's chill. It's not anything world ending. Like ugh, it's going to be good. Just put on music, grab yourself a cup of hot water, some tea. I don't really like to drink, but you know, get cozy and just start again. Like yeah, that's 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 all I have to say about that, okay? Um, but yeah, I think just COVID happening, feeling stressed. Maybe I talked to my dad a bit about it. Oh my god, oh actually I had some very emotional conversations with my mom. Oh my god, I was like dreading visiting home. One, because obviously it was COVID, but every time I would go home, she would be like uh, are you applying for jobs? Like you can only get like the student fund or student, what? SESBUS, Canadian Emergency Student Bursar? I don't know. It's like the COVID money that they're giving to um, freshly graduated students. They're like, oh, you need to prove that you're applying for jobs. And honey, I was in no mind space to apply for any jobs because I didn't really think that I was like I don't want to work a nine-to-five period tea like my experience working in an internship last summer I was like this is my dream job I want to work at a small hip cool design studio in Mile End in Montreal like that is gonna be my life and then I realized I was like okay actually no it's not I cannot I do not like being like having all my days be repetitive like every day going to this same spot at nine or like 10 in the morning coming home at five six like I feel like I wasted the peak hours of the day and um maybe it's also because I was unpaid and um I don't know I wasn't given like a lot of responsibility I feel like when I was given responsibility I was very into it like I just 
the last day, that Doppler effect, that techno in my headphones on repeat. And I was like going ham, designing shit, making presentations and everything. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just like, this is not really the life I want to lead. And like, I'm this, like, I realize this is like a, a very much a privilege to say because I have a lot of friends who like don't want to have nine to fives, but like they need to because they have to pay off their student loans and like they have like a financial burden on them. And so I do want to recognize the privilege that I have and like be super grateful that my parents helped me through all throughout university. And my dad has always been like so, so supportive. I think also because he really came from like nothing as a child. Like he lost his mom at a very young age. Like he was had like um, three other sisters and he felt like he had to like take care of the family like he just put a lot of burden on himself and I think like all his hard work he wanted in life is just like for me and my sister to not have to go through like what he had to go through and like I'm really forever forever grateful for that um oh my god what was I even saying I'm so emotional I'm honestly such an emotional person i'll literally start crying for no fucking reason <laughs> i cry when i look at old family albums like i'll just see myself at five years old and i'll start crying because i'll think about all the memories i had when i was five i'll think about my mom and uh, let's what was i talking about oh yeah figuring out what i wanted to do so during those spring COVID months, just taking a lot of time to reflect, to pick up little hobbies, do things for no reason, you know? Like I wasn't making things to post on Instagram or to post on YouTube. Like I was just doing shit because I wanted to. Like I was like, I want to learn some Qigong. I'm going to like weave some like mini rugs, like just uh, I don't even know, random shit that I would find around in the co-op house that other people had left behind baking. I think baking was really nice because it also gave me a way to become closer to my housemates because I was like, yo guys, I'm turning my room into a cafe. I'm serving hala and um, like poppy seed orange cake. So at this time, you guys are all welcome. I like pulled out my desk into the middle of the room and basically just turned my room into a cafe and fed all my housemates. And that was just so like joyful. And also if you saw the video of me making a Mother's Day gift for my mom. What was it called? Dear mom or cheering, how to cheer someone up. Like spending some time to try and uplift the people around you. I think that also really helped me lift my own mood, gave me some purpose, some things to do. Oh my gosh, one girl actually messaged me on IG. I don't think she's, I don't know if she's listening to this, but she, her boyfriend got um, COVID and she was inspired by my video where I was like making the gift for my mom and she made this adorable gift box for her boyfriend. And she was like, this inspired me to make this remember. And I was like, <laughs> also literally cried reading. Sometimes I cry reading through my IG message requests, guys. Like some of y'all are so sweet or just going through a really hard time. And I've really tried to, like I was replying to every single person before. And now that there's more people following and messaging, like I don't have the ability to reply to everyone, which is like a blessing and a curse because I'm like, obviously I want to grow my YouTube channel. But then the curse is like, I feel like I'm not like giving the proper amount of like respect and appreciation I can to every person who is like 
spending time out of their day to watch my videos or just like follow along with me on IG. Like these are things I'm just so grateful and appreciative for. Like I want to pay it back to you guys, whether that's just creating more like relaxing, fun videos or like some way meeting in the future. I will cook you food, bake you a bread. I don't know, man. Uh, okay, enough emotional rambling. Let's look at some of my next things. Oh, oh my god. I'm sorry, guys. My mind is absolutely a jumble. Let's hop back to what I was talking about before. During COVID, the springtime, I did not know what the fuck to do with my life. I had so many talks with my friend, my dear friend, Mary Chen. Oh, thank you, Lord, for blessing her into my life. I love her so, so much. Funny thing is her mom comes from the same province that my mom grew up in, Xinjiang, and then her dad is from Henan, which is the same place where my dad is from, so look at that wild in china like where your hometown is is you know you're just like instantly homies so um yeah that was really cool and we just um we met through instagram actually she originally messaged me to do a shoot and the one with the goldfish and that just like uh was a kickoff point for her photography career like getting noticed getting reception and also me getting more modeling gigs so that was really cool for both of us like I feel like our friendship was just like very nourishing and I was telling her I was like I don't know what I should do with my life like I want to learn about um like acupuncture I want to be able to like help people treat people but also like I want to be an illustrator I maybe I want to go back to school like I want to go to London and do illustration school like all this shit I was like I don't know what I'm doing she's like well you you have YouTube like why don't you why don't you do YouTube and I was like YouTube like that what why am I gonna do with YouTube like how am I gonna eat feed myself buy more flour to make bread like what and she's like well you like started this you have like 130k subscribers like you've made yourself a platform and I guess I just hadn't like really thought that much about the numbers like I was like okay well there's people with millions of subscribers so I don't even know like I felt very much irrelevant I was like I don't how the hell am I supposed to do anything with the channel um and it's also different then because I think I was inactive for a very long time. There wasn't like a lot of feedback on my videos, like comments or messages. So for me, it just felt like I was speaking to a wall at times. And like YouTube, I don't want to sound like, um, uh, what's the word? Not narcissist, but just like, I don't want to say like, oh, I care all about the numbers. But for me, I care more about the communication, like this channel of communication. Like I need to feel like you guys are like responding you know like I can't just like you know like talk to myself and okay well I'm talking to myself in a room right now but I know I'm gonna get messages from you guys later where I can read and see how you felt about what I said so then it's like very satisfying because we're having a conversation and like I, I I love to talk I love to converse I love to hear about your life about your dreams and I said in my last um, de-stressed with me video, I was like, yo, share with me your dreams, your goals. And you guys did. And it was beautiful. Like, again, 
crying, crying while reading the comments because I was like, you guys have such amazing dreams and passions. And some of you were like, I want to open a bookstore. I want to open a cafe. I want to open a hotel. And I was like, okay, I'm going to visit every single one of these. I don't care if it's in Peru, if it's in Japan, if it's in Antarctica, I am absolutely coming. I'm going to come visit you guys. I'm going to vlog it too. So you can be in my vlog and yeah, just create all these beautiful memories together. Um, but yeah, she definitely was the one who encouraged me to do YouTube because she was like, hey, like that's something you have and you can work on. And like, it's, I was like, because I was telling her, I was like, I feel like I, I'm not good at anything in particular. Like, I don't feel like I'm exceptionally strong at a certain thing that makes it easy for me to be like, this is my calling. Um, whereas like, uh, and she's like, do you feel like I have that? And I was like, yeah, I feel like you're so good at like translating stories and narratives into images. Um, and she was like, I didn't always feel like that. And sometimes you have to think like, you have to realize that a lot of the times you think you are good at what other people think you are good at. Let me I'll let that sink in for a second, okay? If you grow up and everyone's telling you you're an amazing dancer or like, oh, you're an amazing singer. You're so smart. You're so good at math. Like, that's what you come to believe. And I guess for me, I was like, I didn't think much about YouTube because I was like, well, no one's validating me about it. So, I mean, I guess it must be useless. Like, it feels like it's not the right way to go, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I think your videos are good. I think you do have a really good eye for telling stories and all this stuff. And looking back at it now, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I am. I think I am good at making videos and making people feel good. <laughs> um, and these are only things that I realized after I like really put 110% of what I had into making YouTube videos. And that meant like making videos showing up every single week, even if there like weren't that many views or like response to my last video and just like showing up for yourself. And slowly but surely it like really snowballed and it's been growing. And like today I hit I think today it was like 220,000 subscribers. Like that's almost a hundred thousand more than I had when I first started like posting every single week, which is okay. Actually, wow, when I think about it this way, that's wild. That's actually really cool. Wow. Yeah. See, I think <laughs> we should all be more appreciative of how far we have come because if you're like me, you're always looking forward. You're very forward thinking, looking to the future. And we don't spend enough time looking, you know, looking back a little bit and just like looking down the road of like how far we've come, all the experiences we've had. And I think that's a really important part of practicing gratitude. I think gratitude is so, so fucking important. I had a message from a girl who's like, how do I stop um, comparing myself to other people. I always feel shitty about myself because I'm comparing myself to people who are better than me, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of that is a lack of gratitude for what you have, what you've achieved, and the person that you are. Like, do not compare yourself to these other people. Like, they're, if I'm looking at YouTube, okay, like, think about all the fucking YouTubers out there who have millions of subscribers then do you think I should be like, oh, there are so many people who have a million, two million subscribers. Like, I, it's not worth it for me to even make YouTube videos. Like, no, you have your own unique individual perspective. You have your own 
thing to offer into the world because you're you're you like you are made up of all these unique experiences that you've had that the generations before you have had like you carry so much within you you have so much to share and give to the world like don't compare yourself to these other people who maybe have been at it for longer who had a awesome stroke of luck that helped them to blow up or whatever like just just relax you know like focus on yourself what makes you feel good don't spend so much time looking at what other people have look at the things that you have yourself and just be grateful and like blessed and feel awesome like i don't know one morning the day before i filmed no the morning i filmed my fall outfits video i don't know why i was just like woke up with the sun coming and i just felt so happy about being alive about everything i had i was literally running around the apartment being like I love you bed. You are the best bed ever. I love you drawers that go under my bed. You help me store things. I love you. I love my lamp. I like literally that like was that five-year-old girl video where she's like in the mirror that's like you are awesome. You are smart. You are talented. Like be like that, you know, help hype yourself up and like verbally love all these things that you have in your life, whether it's bread, your friends, your mom, or your like water bottle, I don't even know, your slippers, I love my slippers, they keep my feet so warm, like I'm so grateful to have slippers, because it's true, there are people in the world who cannot even afford shoes, and I mean, it's a cliche to be like, oh, there's always people who have less than you, but I mean, it's true, next time you think about people who have more than you, like, just, just stop, don't let that take up your brain real estate, sweetie. Okay, lots of questions about what was it like to study in Weimar, Germany. Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it so much. But to preface, I do not speak fluent German. I chose Bauhaus University because it was one of the schools affiliated with York Sheridan Design. Other options were in England and Australia. Uh, and these are for design schools. Like, there's a lot of schools affiliated, but not all of them have um, design courses that could be transferred for credit to my design program. That's why I had to do a fifth year, actually, because my program is like an honors design program. So they have a lot of mandatory classes that can't be fulfilled in other schools. So, um, yeah, I chose Bauhaus because I backpacked um, like Austria, Denmark. Um, I went to... Yeah, Denmark, Austria, and Germany, and I went to like Berlin and Munich the summer right after high school, and I loved it. It was awesome. I just, I just had a really good time, and I think it was because it was also like my first time backpacking. It was with my Danish friend Zina, and it was just. Germany just has a very special place in my heart. Funny enough, I was like with other backpackers most of the time who aren't even German, um, but. Yeah, I just loved it. I love Berlin so much, and I also really enjoy my time in Munich. So I was like, yes, I would like to go to Weimar, and I want to go to a small town because I've only lived in like big cities, and like literally the population of Weimar is the population of York University. Okay, so mm -hmm. if you're in a big university and you feel like a little ant, go to a small town for exchange because I think it's always so awesome to put yourself in like the complete opposite of what you have been experiencing. I know there's a lot of people who ask me like, oh, was it hard to adapt, change, all this stuff? And 
I think personality wise, like we're all very different, but I personally love change. Like every single summer in high school, I would try to go somewhere else. I'd find like every excuse. I'd be like, oh, there's a summer school in Mexico. Like they give you a credit. It's educational. Can I go? <laughs> like I would just like work at a restaurant for during the school years or like in a clothing store and I'd save up my monies just so I can leave the country every summer because I want to throw myself into something different, you know? Like, I get bored very easily. Like, I got to feel something. And 9 to 5 is not for me. Like, if I keep doing 9 to 5, I'd probably be, like, popping Molly or whatever drugs on the weekends because I just want to feel something. So, I was like, you know what? <laughs> It's not a lifestyle for me, okay? I I cannot work a 9 to 5. I I can see where this could lead. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit extreme, but you know what I mean. So yeah, Weimar, loved it. Hardest thing while studying abroad? Uh, probably the breakup that I went through with Seb. Like in October, I arrived in September. School started in October. So we broke up sometime the second month. It was really hard for me because it was my longest relationship I'd been in. I really saw a future and oh man, I cried. I cried so fucking hard for a whole day, two days. I don't know how long, but... Um, it was like one week he told me like, oh, we're, can we take a break for a week? And like, bruh, I got good intuition and I can read people pretty well, even if it's over FaceTime. And I was like, yo, it's over. It's fucking over. <laughs> so the week after, well, that week I went to Berlin with some of my friends from exchange. And then I was couch surfing. That's another fun thing I love doing. Um, because you literally stay in a stranger's house. And like, what better way to get to know someone than go live in their house? I know a lot of you are like, I don't want to get abducted. That is scary. That is unsafe. I agree. Totally understand. But you know, I take my precautions. I have my app location tracker on. I like send the address of where I'm going to all of my friends who are around me. Um, And of course, I only stay with people who have references on their accounts. That's also really important. And yeah, so I was staying with this um, German guy who was like probably around the age of my dad because his kids was like, one of them was a year older than me, one was a year younger, and he lived in a house um, near like the pond in Berlin. Like, what is it called? What's like, isn't there a place called like Boxhagner? that's maybe like a little bit close to there that area like east ish really oh my god so close to Sisyphus if you know that club like kind of outdoorish club I have not gone there but he said his daughter loves it and my ex also really liked that club hopefully I'll get to go next time um yeah so he was telling me about his experience growing up in east Germany so that was the side that was um governed by the Soviets and He was basically saying how he was like, he had to enlist in the army and he had a chance to escape and go to Vienna, but he stayed behind for this girl. And literally a month into his military training, she was like, I can't not wait for you any longer. I'm sorry. We're breaking up. It's over. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, yo, my breakup is nothing thing like why am I even crying like suck all those tears back in like what did this man experience like he had a chance to flee the country he stayed behind for this girl who then broke up with him like three weeks later I was like what why am I even sad about like my world is totally fine I'm young I'm gonna keep on keeping on and 
Yeah, I think that's just put perspective. Like meeting new people, new experiences, new stories, narratives, all these things, that will put some fresh ass perspective into your head. And I think that's the way to go. Like that's that's just how I want to roll through this whole life. <laughs> meeting new and interesting people. <laughs> Questions about do you think design school is necessary to pursue a career in graphic design? Funny enough, me finishing graphic design school, not wanting to do graphic design, Andrew still in communication studies at Concordia, which is more like lecture based. He's doing some like sound design stuff, but he really wants to go into graphic design. And I think he just has a really awesome eye in general because some of the stuff he creates or posters, I'm like, yo, they're better than shit that people, some of the people in my program could create. So I think it really also depends on your own intuition and how well you're training your eye. Like he spends a lot of time on arena, following a lot of different Instagram accounts, design accounts, and he's like viewing what's cool. And I think that definitely helps him because you can also go into the design school and like not give a fuck at all, not really try much, not try to open your eye and like see what new trends are happening or what other designers are doing. And you could come out of design school being a shitty designer to put it bluntly. So I think it definitely helps with basics. Like I help him a lot when it comes to like kerning text, like all the really finite small details, but also I'm a very detail oriented person. So um, I've been helping him with that type of stuff. And the Aries prof that I was talking about earlier, Paul, um, his wife actually studied graphic design. He went to school for music at York or McGill. I don't remember. He wanted to be a musician, but wasn't making much money. And his wife got him a job doing delivery or something for like the printing press that she was working at. And he ended up learning graphic design through her and became really well known in his graphic design career because his treatment of typography was so dynamic and it makes so much sense when you look at his jazz musician background like when you see these letters it feels like jazz music like it's so cool like so sporadic so experimental and that's why I say like when you're looking for inspiration to become a better more um unique designer don't necessarily look at more design because like everyone's on Behance everyone's on Pinterest like get off of that shit and go explore a different hobby like baking can influence your design like my friend Sarah she, her final thesis was about like rug making and she like made these really cool colored rugs that when you touch them because she wove sensory wire through it it like um the colors would correspond with this website she coded and like the colors would like meld and merge based off of what type of the um rug you were touching and it's just because she got really into rug making so it's like yeah me like you don't need to be inspired by other designers or other designs like best thing is you don't don't be inspired by them because it's easily to just copy it um very to a t so yeah, look for other interests. <laughs> was living somewhere for a short period of time difficult? Change is hard for me. So as I said, I do love change. I lived there for a whole year. Was it difficult? No, I, I really, I really love um, living in a new space. Like even though I just moved to Montreal in the summer, well, but I feel like I've been here last summer too. So I haven't even been here for like what half a year and I'm already itching to go somewhere else I'm thinking like oh maybe I should go to New York because my friend wants to go to New York or like maybe I should go to I don't know where else I would go other than that because COVID but 
I do really want to, like, I do really like traveling. Mm-mm-mm. Did you have a different experience of studying at different countries? Yes, I did. I think we talked about that a bit earlier. Um, hmm. What you liked and disliked about Germany? I'm also thinking about going to study there. What did I like? Wow, I love that their schooling is free or basically very cheap. I think in Germany it definitely depends, but I know Bauhaus is free. Like you only have to pay for a transportation card and that's like to pay for a card that gives you free transit in your entire province. So it's like, are you even mad about that? Like, no. <laughs> um, I loved all the like the vegan options there. That was awesome. Oh my God, like you guys have Wait, is it called DM Market? Wait, is DM Danish? But, you know, like the equivalent of Shoppers Drug Mart, like the pharmacy, you guys have an amazing line of chocolates. Like you have vegan Ritter Sport, which we don't even have here yet. Like, ugh, food-wise, blessed. Also, the like the produce, I've also heard this from other people. Like um, Andrew's dad, who's Polish, says this too. Like the produce in Europe is of a higher grade than in North America. Like it tastes more nutritious. Like I can eat a box of arugula there and or like a box of spinach and I feel like Popeye. Like I feel so fucking energized. Like when I go to China and I'm like eating in Beijing, even if I'm eating like a bunch of delicious food, I'll feel more tired. Like I think they just like use more pesticides and similar to Canada, I think it's worse in the US, but definitely the food in Europe just feels like more nutritious to me. <laughs> um, what else? Have I ever encountered racism sitting abroad? Uh, yeah, I think, well, people in my program were really awesome and open-minded. So no, I did get yelled at by this woman who was in like the international students help or like, I don't know what she was helping with, but someone actually commented on my like moving into Weimar, like Bauhaus vlog that I made she was like oh my god the same lady yelled at me too apparently she yells at everyone and I don't think that person was even like Asian I think they just she just yelled at me because I didn't speak German because I was like hi excuse me do you speak English or no I said like Entschuldigung sprechen Sie English and she got mad she was like no I speak a kind English like this is Deutsch I'm just speaking Deutsch and I was like oh my god like I had to go home and take a nap because I felt so attacked. <laughs> but then I went back and then walked down another room and the lady there spoke English and she was so kind, so sweet. So yeah, I don't think you should be too scared about that. There are racist people everywhere and people who, oh my God, actually there were people who did say Ching Chong Ling Long to me. And to my surprise, they were Middle Eastern and that shook me to the core because in Canada, like generally people of color aren't racist to each other because we're like, yo, we already have to deal with white people being racist to us. Like, why would we be racist to each other if you already know what it feels like? So I think that to me, I was a little bit shook because I was like, wait, like, what? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can understand because I'm sure like in whatever country they're from, they're like the predominant group and they have their own like biases towards other people of color so i don't know this is stuff is like out of my control and i think it's important not to be bogged down too much by it but i personally did not encounter much racism um tips for studying abroad financially as well um i was lucky due to my 
scores. I did get like um scholarship that it was not full ride. Oh my god. I don't think we have that in Canada, but we my scholarship did subsidize for half of my tuition. So that did help a lot. And then as I said, like my parents also had like invested in an R RESP. So that that helped me put put me through university as well. And also I'm just a very frugal person. Like I'm not really into video games, but I like treating money in real life like a video game. If that makes sense? Like making money, you know, it's like you're getting coins in the video game and then I like to spend my money very frugally. I'm not a heavy spender because it's just kind of like a game to me. Like I want to get enough points so I can <laughs> buy a cafe and like have what Airbnb and like help my friends and yeah, like just treat it as a game, okay? And I think at one point I was like, um, I don't know why I like to make competitions with myself, but I was literally shopping on 20 euros of food a week because I think food produce in Germany, food is pretty affordable, like unless you're buying really fancy shit, but I was going to like Aldi. So I was saving a lot of money and I would just buy whatever fruits and vegetables are on sale. And it seriously just felt like a fun cooking challenge. Like I remember one week, like a bunch of radishes were 12 cents and I don't even like radishes, okay? Those like small red radishes. I don't even like them. Never bought them in my life, never cooked with them. But I was like, oh my God, they are 12 cents. Like I'm gonna make myself love radishes this week. And I sliced them so thin. I put them on top of pizza. I made salad. I made soup. Like I just invented all these different ways that I could to eat these radishes. <laughs> and yeah, man. So just look at life as a game. If you need help with financial stuff, invest your money, um, be frugal, and yeah, get creative with it. <laughs> what was your design style? What did you strive to produce? Hmm. So as I said earlier with the um, financial trading app, well, simple. I mean, I don't have it on my portfolio. My portfolio is not updated. I was thinking about doing a video where I update it, but um, I did have a process site like for my class because you hand in your work, but you have to make a website to put all your homework onto to show your teachers a way to present it. So he did end up um, getting me a coffee date with the director or the design director at Wellsimple. And it was actually like really fun. He's such a nice guy. And we went through all my designs. I talked through all of my reasoning. Like for me, explaining my thought process is not that difficult as I'm here talking on a podcast for how long is this? I'm scared to even look. Oh my God. We've been talking for a full hour. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm, ugh. I'm going to wrap this up soon. <laughs> but um, oh my god, where was I even at? Okay, yeah, so that project was about like creating financial tools that will help people, like people of color, women, and then the light bulb project that I did, I shared in my story earlier, it was one of the finalists for like the RGD, the Registry of Graphic Designers of Canada Awards, and that was um, around the idea of sustainability and creativity because the lighting package of the light bulb is actually like becomes the lampshade and you can connect it to make little bags and other things. So I think my design style is just very much myself. Like things that I wish to see in this world is what I end up 
wanting to make. And that's me in my last two years, like after I came back from Bauhaus. And I remember meeting up with a girl who also went on exchange um, the year before me. And she was like working at, what is it called? Back in Beck. It's like a product design. Um, is this Nor- Norwegian? She was living in Oslo for a bit. Oh, but they also have an office in Amsterdam. So I met her when she was working at the Amsterdam office. And I was just telling her, I was like, I do not think I want to be a graphic designer at all. Like, how am I going to do my last two years of design school? And she was just like, just treat projects as like, what do you want to do? And I was telling her about, I was like, I want to make a cafe. And she was like, then do a branding class, like do corporate identity, but brand a cafe. And I was like, oh, true. Like, why didn't I do that in my first two years? So like for my branding class, me and this um, friend of mine, we like made a brand for like sustainable homes, like off-grid homes, like tiny homes and shit like that. So yeah, like just do things that you love and you care about. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And for everyone who's worried about studying abroad, don't worry too much. Like problems will come up regardless but I think that's the awesome thing about saying Brad when you put yourself into an environment that is so new you're going to encounter so many new experiences new obstacles challenges to overcome and that's how you're going to level up and become such a smarter more experienced human being is because you're going to learn to overcome these challenges like I didn't know how to fucking buy insurance I didn't know how to sign like these papers this and that and all this shit like but then you figure it out like you do it day by day so don't worry too much about the future that's just going to make you anxious like get there take things a day at a time there'll always be people to help you like just remember that there's always people you can ask for help um other students students who went before you um you know like there's resources for study abroad students so don't be afraid be excited and i know there will be times of loneliness but also like sink into that let yourself feel lonely like I remember when I first moved to Montreal I did not know anyone in the city and I just spent the first like week watching old French films and like going to the grocery store almost every other day because I didn't have anywhere else to go but I just cook myself really yummy meals and spend a lot of time alone and then eventually I felt so lonely that I downloaded like Bumble BFF and then I met a girl who's on exchange from Australia and then like went to a concert together met other people then I downloaded Tinder like and then I met more but like you know what I mean like things will happen gradually just follow your feelings if you want to be alone if you want to meet people so yeah guys um (laughs) sorry for this super long podcast but i hope this rambly podcast helped you in one way or another thank you so much for listening to it it's dark now and i'm gonna go have dinner um don't forget to drink water eat regularly intuitively and Don't go too hard on yourself, okay? Like, take care of yourself, okay? Make sure you're wearing enough clothes and you're drinking hot water, okay? Okay, okay, goodbye. Oh, and don't go to bed too late, okay? Please, please. I love you, bye!